You're listening to The Pursuit, a podcast from the Salem Baptist Church of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. The Pursuit is a podcast designed to help people find and pursue life in Jesus through transparent conversations about God, His Word, and His Church. You can find more about Salem Baptist Church by visiting our website at salembaptistnow.org. All right, well, welcome to another episode of The Pursuit. Um, my name is Pastor Rick Kleinert. I'm the pastor of education and discipleship here at Salem Baptist Church. Today, I'm joined with two other pastors here of our church, our executive pastor, Pastor Harper Compton, and our worship pastor, Pastor Nate Sexton. Hey, guys, good to have you here today. Hey, Rick. Thanks. All right, today we're going to talk about uh, a topic that can cause a lot of discussion in, in church. Uh, it's kind of one of those polarizing topics. Uh, and Nate, you've been you were on uh, the podcast for another one of those. We talked about worship. Now you're on here again, so you can kind of be our polarizing pastor. Would you use that phrase? Today we're going to talk about giving. Well, I figured it maybe if we didn't get enough people to leave the church for my last podcast, this one would help. Yeah, push them right out the door. With this <laughs> one. All right, um, we're going to talk about giving, um, especially. Um, kind of the idea, a lot of times this question comes out. I get this an awful lot when I'm dealing with unsaved uh, people. They, they want to say something to the effect of, man, a church, organized religion, they might use that term. They just want your money because that's all they ever talk about. That's what they, they kind of say. So the question becomes, why does the church want my money is kind of the title uh, I've kind of gone with with this podcast. So um, whenever I approach this question, um, they always say, if they say, why does the church always want my money? I always try to go with the, the biblical principles of giving. So I thought I'd start with this question. We can, we can kind of take it and see how the conversation goes. Why should a Christian give? And I want to build with that premise because if an unsaved person, uh, you know, makes a gift, a donation, that's great. But as Christians, we are commanded to give. So why should a Christian give? Well, I, I mean, I agree with you, Rick. It, it can definitely be a um, difficult subject being in, um, well, growing up in a, in, in a Christian home, a pastor's home, and um, even my 10 years in ministry, I've come across a lot of people that have switched churches, left churches, um, because they felt like a, a church asked for money um, or asked for more money or whatever, when it, when it comes to giving, it's definitely, um, for many people, just a hard topic. And, um, I know it can be hard for me. There's different seasons within my own life that it's been easier to give and, and harder to give. And, um, oftentimes I correlate that pattern in my life really based on my relationship. How is my relationship with Christ at those times? And, um, so when I, when you ask why should a Christian give, um, first and foremost, I, I think it's an act of love for God, an act of worship. I mean, we can throw the word obedience in there um, for sure. Uh, Christ, you know, commands us and asks us to to give and to give generously. Um, and maybe in a, in a minute we can talk about the difference between giving and, and tithing and, and percentages, and and if that's a, a biblical uh, concept today or, or not. But God asks us to, um, and it's an act of worship as, as I obey. And, and, um, but then also as I, as I think of, um, my love for the church and, and realizing that it's hard to do what we do unless people give. Um, but I, I think for my own spiritual health, 
from a love for God, love for the church and, and others. It's an act of thankfulness um, also just in my own, in my own heart giving because I'm thankful for what God has given. So while we're talking about this and it kind of brought up some other thoughts too, I know that there are some negative, um, maybe that's a better term, negative reasons people give, or maybe not, not the good reasons why people give. Um, they might give grudgingly. They feel like they have to give. So like, for example, I was talking to a gentleman one time, a family member of mine, and they were talking about giving and um, they made the statement uh, they said, well, I, f- I find that if I don't give, um, and they're talking about local church giving, we could use the word tithing. They said, if I don't give, I find that if I don't give, that they said, quote, God gets his money somehow. And so we were getting the car together, and I kind of pushed on that a little bit. I'm like, what do you mean? So what do you mean that God gets his money somehow? And they said, well, you know, if I don't tithe, maybe I'll get sick. My wife will get sick or one of the kids get sick. And then that money's going now to, to, the, to the doctor. I don't get any of it. So God gets his money. And I'm like, well, actually, no, the healthcare system is getting the money. And you just described God kind of like, you know, in Rocky One, where he's like the guy at the docks breaking people's thumb to collect the bookies. You, you just described a God I don't want to worship, if you think about it. So sometimes that there can be that negative of if I don't give, God's going to get me back. I, I don't think that's the biblical um, understanding of giving. There's also the, I, I give in order to get, I'm going to give so that God will say, Hey, Rick gave, so I'm going to help him out. Right. I yeah. say this almost as a joke that on game, game seven of the 2016 world series was on a Wednesday and people were asking me, well, did you go to church? I'm like, yeah, because I had to, I had to make sure <laughs> that I'm a, now I'm do joking. my part, do my part for them. Right. Right. Now I'm joking when I say that, but there are people who think like, look, okay, for me giving here, if I do that, God's going to hook me up. That's also not biblical that, that God owes you anything because of your gift. I mean, it's the common passage, second Corinthians where it says, and, and again, we're talking about obedience, but it says each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. And so again, kind of that mandate, God desires us to do it cheerfully and, and joyfully, and as you said, not, not grudgingly, but also there, there's that trust issue, I think within there that keeps people from giving and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So I think that the way we view giving, not just giving, but the way that we view giving, the way that we view um, serving, the way that we view the things that the Bible commands us to do really reveals how we view God. So I'm thinking back to, you know, if you have that feeling of, if I don't give to the church, God's going to get his money one way or another, or even the, well, God needs my money, you know, or if you view it as a, I'm, I'm just giving because it's commanded. And so I'm not doing it joyfully. I'm not doing it like that. That reveals a lot about how you see God. Then if, if God needs your money, he's not nearly as powerful as you claim he is. If, if God is going to get his one way or another, then you have something that he doesn't. That makes you more powerful than you really are and God less powerful than he really is. And so, um, so I mean, I think that reveals a lot about our view of God. 
partly of how much do we trust him? How powerful do we believe he is that, that we see him as a loving father who wants the best for us, who, who has the best in mind for us, even better than we think. And so whatever is restricting us or tempting us from giving, whether it is a love for money or a love for uh, items and, and things, um, or even just, you know, uh, recreational activities, uh, whatever that money can buy, you know, how much do we desire that more than, more than this? How, how much do we think that's going to supply for our needs more than our God is? And so, um, so that's going to drive how we do that. I think even like some unhealthy ways of looking at giving is even kind of what Nate alluded to a little bit, talking about the tithing. All right, I've given my cap for this month. And so that's it. And that's all I got to do. And thank goodness I can do that and live on the rest because now I've, I, I just do this for the rest of my life or whatever. So, um, and that can be one of those things too. Yeah. So what is the difference between, so you say tithing is, is tithing, I, you know, I've heard this before is tithing still a, uh, a biblical mandate and what is the percentage? Yeah, that's, that's actually a good point to bring up because, you know, I'm like you, I've heard that statement and we use the word tithe. It's an Old Testament term, and it was used for an act of worship for the people of Israel, you know, where God, Yahweh commanded them, bring in your tithes, bring in your offerings. There were reasons why that was. A lot of those tithes and offerings were meant to uh, provide food for the, the Levites and the other priests who were working in temple and tabernacle service. So, so there's that 10% used there. The word's not found in, um, in the New Testament when you talk about giving. Uh, some scholars kind of use that and go, okay, well, it was just assumed. But what I find when I'm reading the New Testament is a lot of times Paul will take Judaism and he'll say, okay, here's how you can use this in this new thing, the church. Um, he doesn't do that so much here. He just talks about giving. And so you you do see the command to give, but you don't see a set percentage. So I know some who say, okay, well, I'll do 10% because it's a good place to start and I'll build on that. That's fine. I remember, and maybe this will go, go back a little bit, I remember another negative where I remember speakers at the, at the church I attended growing up who would say, what I do, and, and it almost kind of sounded prideful when they said it, what I would do is I give 90 and I live off the 10. And I'm thinking, what kind of job do you have that you can pull that? That's amazing. Um, Let me back our, back our love offerings down here. <laughs> and if you're a listener and you can do that and you are doing that, praise God for you. Yeah. But the average person yeah. can't. And if we're not careful, we can create a guilt trip mm -hmm. on people. And that's not because, again, like you said from Second Corinthians passage, God loves a cheerful giver. You're not giving grudgingly. You're giving out of a love as you do it. So in the New Testament, we are commanded to give. And, and I see passages in the New Testament where when Paul commands churches, like in the Second Corinthians or in other passages, the giving is about, you know, hey, this church needs help. Will, will you, as another church, give so that they can be okay? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine us or imagine somebody coming from another church to us this week and saying, hey, so-and-so church down the street, we're, we're, we're not meeting our budget. Could you give to help us meet the budget? I don't think that would fly. Um, but again, there's that generosity where you saw this, the service was not so much for our own help. But, it was for but help we, we, we do kind of do it. it. You know, when you put it in that context, it sounds a little silly within the city. But I think of missionaries, you know, that even our church supports. Um, in a sense, we, we are doing that. Well, that brings up an, another question that some people may have. You know, some people may say, well, 
I don't give to a local church, but I give to charitable organizations. And here in Winston-Salem, we have many, you know, we have the Rescue Mission, we have Samaritan's Purse, we have, you know, um, the Salvation Army, we have the Bethesda Center, Homeless Shelter, and so many others. Maybe even some say, I give to um, Allow the Children. This is a, a place that adopts and sponsors children in other countries. Some might even say, you know, I give my tithe to pay a tuition for this kid to go to Christian school or, or whatever. Um, so the question becomes, are charitable donations to, or, to other organizations, is, is that what God's talking about in the New Testament when we're talking about giving? Yeah, I think it's, it's clear that giving to those kinds of organizations and, um, you know, I've even heard of, you know, people supporting missionaries uh, as a family and just individually supporting missionaries. That seems to be a new thing over the past several years that has, has caught on more. And, um, and th- I think that's a great thing, but I think it is clear that, that what's commanded is to, to give to your local church, to, to help in that local area with that church and the staff there and the, you know, the, the pastor there, whoever's preaching the word. And, and so you're, you're pouring into that community because that's the community that you're a part of. And so there's, there's something there where it's, it's good to give to those other organizations. There's nothing bad about that. But if that's in place of, uh, for some reason, giving to your local church, I think the local church is the priority there. And I think and so that, then I guess it gets in the, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, if, you know, if that's the case, then I would probably ask, okay, why give to these organizations instead of the church? I guess mm-hmm. my fear would be, is there something, is there something deeper here? Um, is there, uh, whether you feel like, well, the church doesn't need my money and yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it doesn't, God doesn't need your money, you know, no, but, but, but that's what we're commanded to do because there's, there's something about that. Like, you know, where, where your, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so where is your money going? That's what, you know, where is that going? Because that's where you, you're probably going to focus more of your time. Uh, that's where more of your thoughts are going to go. You know, your, your emotions and your resources are going to go with that money. And so, um, so supporting that local church is the priority. Um, and so, okay, is there a distrust there then? Is there something where I I don't like the way they manage money or I've seen stuff in the past and I've, I've heard people talk about this. Um, even people who are on staff at churches talk about it and it's, it's a tough thing, but at the same time, if, if I, if I feel like I can't trust somebody with my money, I, I don't know if I would trust them in leading me spiritually or in other areas then. And so is it really that I don't trust them with my money or am I just coming up with excuses? But if it and, is really a distrust yeah. of that, then find a local church you can trust. Find a local church you can get behind and support. And I've, and I've heard that before as, as well, Harper, that, well, I'm just not comfortable giving to my church um, because I, from their per- perception, um, and maybe it's not a perception. Maybe it's hard fact that they just mismanage their money. Um, yeah. But sometimes it's just a perception. Well, I see them spending this and I see them spending that. And you don't see, see the other things. I mean, it, it's easy to, to criticize sometimes um, without having all of the information. But I have talked to people who uh, stop giving or reallocate their giving. And, and you mentioned the problem becomes when it's in place of. I think donating to other organizations is great. Um, as long as it doesn't become in place of um, of caring for the local body God has placed each and every one of us in. 
um, and, and caring for, for the local body um, in that aspect. But um, I think it, I think it boils down to really a, a heart issue of, is it about how, how I feel when I give in the sense of I need to manage it or do I, am I giving it to God? I, I guess the way to say it is when I give it to the church, I'm not responsible for how the church manages the money I give. Cause it's, it's really not my money. Anyway, I'm giving back to God what he has blessed me with. It's his, and I got to, and use the word trust. I have to trust that God is going to use it how he wants to use it. And, you know, maybe it will be a, through an act of sanctification through the pastor's life and somebody will, you know, come alongside. I don't know one way or the other, but am I giving it to God or am I giving it? I'm not giving it to the person. I'm not giving it to the pastor. I'm not giving it to uh, the board of trustees. I'm, I'm giving it to God and then I'm letting it go. However, he wants to spend it. And I'm like, I'm not going to give an account for, well, I'm saying this as a pastor, <laughs> but I'm not going to give an account how the pastors spend the money. The pastors are going to give an account for the elders, the overseers of the church are the ones who are going to give an account for how it was stewarded, how it was managed. I'm going to give an account for how I stewarded what God has blessed me with. And, and did I give it cheerfully? Did I give it open-handedly? Did I give it um, generously? And I think that brings up a good point, as you mentioned about being a pastor, and all three of us are on, on the pastoral team here. But one of the beautiful things about being a church like, like Salem, that's congregational uh, church, is that it's not five guys figuring out where we want to spend money. If you're, if you're new to Salem, we have a finance committee. We have people that we empower to, the congregation has empowered to make these decisions. Um, so it's not, again, five guys sitting down where, where the money goes. It's a group of men and women that we trust elected from the congregation. And then the final say goes to the congregation. And I think that's, for me, I like that because then you, you stay away from the possibility of somebody saying, well, you guys are just using that money. Have you seen Harper's new ride? I mean, that's where that money's going. And so we, <laughs> we're able to avoid. You, you mean the car parked out with the door handle missing and the big old. <laughs> with a racist ride. The side. The side. <laughs> yeah. Right. A um, semi truck that was gracious. Should you, maybe you can share that story. How many times have you told, have you told anybody what happened to your car yet? Has anybody ever asked? I mean, yeah, some people have, but. Yeah. I was wondering most, maybe. Most if, assume it was him. Yeah, most assume it was <laughs> not. Let me go ahead and say yeah. it was not Harper. Been, it was, it was not Harper's negligence um, on that. Yeah. Um, you were, you were really cool about that to the point where I thought you were going to park it the other way and see if they'd hit it again and you'd get a strike. <laughs> but we'll leave, we'll leave that in. That could be fun. Um, but, but, but so we have a congregation that votes on things and, and there's transparency. We have our budget on the welcome desk on the on the guest desk outside where you could see how we spend our money. And that's, that's weird for some churches. Um, I like that transparency. I think that's, it's comforting knowing that, you know, that I'm not abusing power. So, mm -hmm. um, so, with that being said, maybe we could talk a little bit about this, and, and this is more of a question for our executive pastor, Pastor Harper. Um, so what, where, the question is, what does the church do with the money? Um, and again, this is more about where does the money go? For a person who is not a, a regular attender at Salem and doesn't see the budget, um, can you talk a little bit about where does donation go in a local church? Yeah, so... Obviously, we have our normal expenses for 
um, for staff. That's that's pastors and administrative assistants, business manager, um, maintenance staff. We've got our um, utilities and maintenance, um, building upkeep, all those kinds of expenses as well. Um, but then we have some other great opportunities where, again, as the people in the church, the, the church body uh, is generous with what God has been generous, we as a church get to be generous as well. And so that's something that's really neat is to see churches that are generous with their finances as well. It's not just, hey, y'all be generous and then we'll keep all this for ourselves. But it's, we're generous as well in giving this out to, I mean, we give to organizations in our community. Um, we give to missionaries all around the world. And so that, you know, we've talked about this before, um, 20%, just a little over 20% of our budget goes outside of our church towards missions. That's local missions and uh, overseas missions. And so that's, that's unbelievable. Um, that's a number that many churches desire to get to. Um, and it's a number that, you know, is, it speaks highly of really not just our generosity, but also it does speak to our trust. Um, it would be easy to say we could cut this in half and only give 10% and that would still be generous, you know, uh, comparatively maybe, but it's, is that, it's neat is to that, see us uh, taking that step. Is that budgeted or is that throughout the whole year? So I, I just know, for instance, I've heard, yeah. you know, a need come up on a Sunday and is that 20% include those, those special needs that just pop up? Yeah, that's a great question. So that doesn't include that. Um, so that's even on top of on top of what we've budgeted throughout the year. Um, also, you think about how much our people give towards missions trips whenever we have groups going. Of course, this year we so that number would that, actually be higher than twenty percent. It would. I mean, right. that, the, the so that's good. a that's a good amount going towards missions, and again, outside of our walls. Um, so that the gospel can go forward all over the world. Yep. Now a Salem member might be listening to this podcast and thinking, are they doing this because they want us to give more? Um, I would go ahead and say, Salem, you are a generous church. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, this is the church that, um, when Jill and I got married uh, about 19, a little over 19 years ago, we started coming to the church right after that. Um, and it's always been um, characterized with generosity and, and, and in, with time, generosity with finances. I remember, I'll just say this, our first year as pastors, we had just had, well, take it back. Eli was maybe two and um, we, we came on staff I came into my office and at that time, the office that I held then is now a closet. And so <laughs> I came into that office and there were like a stack of Christmas presents wrapped up. It was during Christmas time. And I was like, what is this? And somebody had donated this to my family. So there was a train set for, for Eli, like one of those legit train sets. Like I'd always wanted as a kid. I'm like, oh, you're not playing with this. This is me. Um, it, that was given to us. Um, somebody gave like shirts and ties to me, which I'm thinking, I think they were criticizing how I was dressing, <laughs> but I was okay with it. Cause I was starting, I was going to look good now. Um, 
but just these ways that they wanted to give. Um, you know, when, when we were, we were, when we were in the hospital and we just had Ella, a member of this church came to visit and they brought a care package for Eli because they were like, you know, sometimes the big, the bigger kid gets in, gets ignored, buddy, we want you to know you're going to be a great big brother. And I'm like, those are moments where my kids know dad's not crying. Joy is leaking from his eyes. And so I'm thankful that Salem is that generous church. We've always been that way. Um, so no, we are, we're not um, saying Salem, we need your money. We're starting a, a financial thing. We're saying, keep, keep doing what you've always done. Yeah. And I would say this too, because I think, I think you're right in generosity with giving, with resources, with time, with volunteering and all those kinds of things. It's, it has been great. And it's one of those overarching things. Again, as a church, it's easy to look at the big picture and say, we've got a lot of generosity in these different areas. But, um, but I guess one thing too, I think of is we, we know that not, I want to be careful and loving in how I say this. I don't want this to come across this in the wrong way, but we know that no church necessarily has 100% of its members and attenders being generous or, or giving even. Right. Um, so, so one thing I would say is it can, it can definitely be one of those things like we talked about before where, well, we're at a generous church and therefore they don't need my money. Does that make sense? If, if, if everyone else is being generous and if it seems like the bills are being paid and it seems like things are going okay, then they don't need my money. And so maybe that would be something where people would think, okay, instead of giving to the local church, um, I'll then give to an outside organization or something like that. And I still think, you know, I, I can see that reasoning, but at the same time, it's that idea of we don't give to the church because the church needs it. We, we give because we need to give because we need to be pouring our resources into where we're attending locally. And um, our, our giving isn't, I want to be careful on how I say this. Like it's not as much for God as it is for us. Does that make sense? Not necessarily that I give to give mm-hmm. to get benefits, but there there is something that when you give that that you don't get any other time, right? There's there's there there not just benefits, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. um, but yeah, so I would I would even say that and just encourage again. Uh, I heard somebody talking in a different context. Just the example of or you know something is better than nothing. Again, we've already talked about the percentage of how much do you give? And uh, in the New Testament, we see different percentages or different amounts talked about. Jesus talks to the young ruler and he tells him, go give everything away and come follow me. hundred um, percent. We see Jesus talking to people who had given 10% and he commends them for that and tells them that's good. And then we also see Jesus interact with Zacchaeus and after spending time with him, Jesus doesn't tell Zacchaeus to do this, but Zacchaeus just generously offers up. I'm going to give back. I'm going to give away half of what I have. Um, we see the widow. We talked about that. The widow's might even where she, that's, that's all. That's it. That's all she had. And so she gave that. And so, so these, again, it's, it's not about a certain amount or a magic percentage. It, it's just about something. So how can you be generous? What's generous for you is not what's generous for others. So you, you and Rick have both used the word time 
um, as, as giving and, and serving. So I kind of want to throw the question out to you guys. Have you ever heard people say, well, I give, um, my time, so I don't really need to give, or I don't have much to give. So I give my time instead of financially, but then to go on the flip side. So I, I want to know if you guys have heard that and your response to that. But then I've also heard on the flip side, well, I give financially, so I don't have to give my time. And <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, I would go with that and say that sometimes, like you said, some people take it in either or um, like, okay, I'm not going to give financially. So I'll give my time or I don't want to give my time. So I'll, I've heard the phrase, I'll throw money at the problem. Um, my, my statement behind that is why, why do you not want to do the other way? Now, if it's a valid reason, like, well, financially, I just can't. Okay. That's, that's a, that's a valid reason. Um, but if it's, I don't want to give my time because I don't want to do it. That's a, a like, and, and maybe, and here's how I've, I've even had that conversation with people. They say, I'd rather give you the money to do it. Cause I'd rather not bother with it. Then there's a hard issue. Like, why do you not want to do this? Um, an example of this has nothing to do with finances, but um, let me share it. We were in Honduras um, for a mission trip, our first time down there. And um, most people think I'm kind of the social butterfly kind of guy. I'm really not. I'm a shy kind of dude. My wife is my personality um, anywhere we go. And so we're in Honduras and they're divvying up responsibilities throughout the, throughout the week. And they said, okay, we got three teams. One's going to go to the, the schools uh, and put on something there for like a VBS. We're going to have one group that's going to do like building projects and work projects. Then we're going to have one group that's going to go and do cold calls, knocking on doors, spending hours with people you don't know. And I kind of snickered right then in my head going, yeah, I know which one I'm getting because I know how God works. And so when the missionary said, all right, Rick, we want you in charge of the going house to house. I said, sure. I'm sure you do because I that's just me. I would much rather go build something or even go hang out with kids. But the thought of knocking on the door, cause it's just out of my comfort zone, stressed me out. Um, but, but that's God stretching me, um, mm-hmm. building symmetry in my walk with him. And I would say the same thing here that, if it's, I don't want to do it, I'd rather give the money. Maybe God is stretching you to make you more symmetrical as a Christian to, to yeah, giving was easy for you, but maybe he's wanting to, you to give your time or vice versa in that situation. I've struggled, you know, at, at times, as I, as I mentioned earlier, there's times where it's been easier than others. Um, and I realize in those moments, again, my, my, my relationship with Christ, where, where I'm at there, but a lot of it for me, as, as I boil it down and think through it is a lack of trust, you know, and, and I'll, and I'll wrap it up on the stewardship, you know, being a good steward or, you know, what is, what is this percentage, you know, need to be? And, you know, how do I take care of my family that God has given me, you know, how, how do I be a good father? Um, if, if I give more, you know, and, and am I actually caring for them? And I, you know, you wrap it up trying to justify. And then ultimately I sit there and, and think, well, I'm not trusting God, you know, I'm not trusting God to, to take care of it. And, and I think America is, is very much that way. You know, it's, 
It's um, we don't want to depend on anybody else, rely on anybody else. And, um, and de there's definitely principles in scripture about stewardship and, you know, about finances and, and taking care of it, but being very cautious that it doesn't become a God to us. And, um, man, I, I lost the quote Kivet had the other day, something along those lines of just like that dependence on God, um, how that self-reliance, you know? Uh, yeah. It was the, at the end of self, God is more delighted at the, the end of self self-reliance. Yeah. And Man, so, if he's listening, he's going to know we don't pay attention. That, <laughs> we've got it written down. It one of those. Yeah. Go back and listen to it. We need to. Yeah. But the, uh, no, but, but there's that, I, I think, I think the times in my own life when it's been harder to give, it, it boils down to a lack of trust. Mm -hmm. But as you said, there is a freeing, there's a stretching when I just take that deep breath and say, okay, God, I'm going to be faithful. You know, I think from like I I can relate very easily with this because I know that money if if I if I don't check myself, money can easily become an idol. Yeah, for me. Um, and so I think if I if I had the choice, I think I could, I would much rather give of my time and give of my money like if i could do a tradesies right um <laughs> but i think too then that that shows okay what am i what am i loving am i am i really am i doing this because i i don't have the finances or is it because i'm i'm just greedy with mm -hmm. these finances and i'm trying to hold on to this um is it because again that idea of where your money is you know we we're in a place, I mean, all around the world, as we've heard missionaries talk about it, um, even in, you know, like in Togo, okay, everyone has cell phones. Most people have cell phones. Uh, most people don't go without that. Uh, we have, you know, you think about all that we spend money on, and we have Netflix and Amazon, we have um, Spotify, you know, premium, so we don't have to listen to the ads. Um, we, we have all these things. We stop by and get coffee regularly on our way in. And so, so is it that we don't have the finances or is it that we're not good stewards of the finances we do have? Is it that we're mismanaging the money that God's been generous with us with? Is, does that come down to it? Because if we're not good stewards of that money, then yeah, it is difficult to be generous, but it has to start from that stewardship aspect in order to be generous. Um, no. The more money, I heard somebody once say something about, you know, the only thing money fixes is the fact that I don't have to worry about, I don't have money or something. I, I forget exactly <laughs> how the quote went, but um, yeah. there's definitely the more money you have, the more you worry about losing it. Um, the, the more you worried about hanging on to it and there's a, there's a quote John Wesley um, says, and he says, money never stays with me. And again, I don't, but let me finish it. He says, money never stays with me. It would burn me if, if it did, I throw it out of my hands mm. as soon as possible, lest it should find its way into my heart. Mm. Um, and again, some people can sit there and, and listen to that or, or read that quote and 
and say, well, you, that was probably, a, he was a bad at his finances, you know, stewardship, but <laughs> that's where we have to examine our heart. You know, we have to yeah. each examine our heart. And, and for him, it was, he knew where that idol, where that line was for the idol, you know, in, in his own heart. Well, and I'll say this, I think something that helped me understand was I felt like somebody, I think I was reading a book and they asked the question, what do you most hope is in your future? And one of the first things I thought of was more money. Mm -hmm. And it just revealed to me how I thought if I had more money, it would answer my problems. It would fix my issues. Life would be better. Well, you can do more ministry, right? I mean, you start. (laughs) I can be more generous, obviously. Uh, because God needs my money. So, uh, <laughs> but, but the thing is, is the people who make more than me, it's not like they're content. They wish they had more. And then I got to thinking there are people who make less than me mm-hmm. that wish they made what I made because mm-hmm. they felt like, man, if I had that much more than, than I would be content. And I'm thinking, man, I'm not, I'm not being content. I'm not being satisfied and wanting what I have. I'm thinking, God, why not give me more? God, why not give me more? I need more. You're not giving me enough. Um, and so that's really, again, that, that idea of replacing our trust in, I'd rather put this money into my retirement fund than in, in the, you know, to the church, than giving it to the church. And, um, and that's where we're, kind of place in our trust not that having a retirement fund is bad that's not what i'm saying <laughs> again that comes with good stewardship you're able to do both right. uh yeah okay so uh, as we kind of wrap this conversation up um the question i want to ask next would be here at salem you know we have multiple ways to give um a number of years ago we stopped every sunday passing around an offering plate um this was you know, right when Jill and I had started coming to the church, um, they, they stopped doing that. Uh, they now in, in lieu of the offering boxes in the back of our sanctuary, uh, but we have multiple ways that a person could give if they chose to give. And so we thought we could chat a little bit about the opportunities there are to give um, financially specifically here at, here at Salem. So I can, I can run with that. Um, I mean, one of the easiest ways, like you talked about, we've got the boxes in the back where you're able to drop that. If you're here physically with us, um, you know, you can do that each week Uh, on the first Sunday of the month. Typically we do pass the plates to incorporate that and help teach and cultivate that idea of giving financially as worship along with singing and the teaching and learning from God's word. Um, You can also drop it off physically by the church office or, or mail it in. Um, if you're not here on Sunday mornings and would like to do it that way, you can drop it into Pastor Rick's pocket if no. you're here physically. <laughs> oh, no. No, Great. sorry. Okay. I uh, just want to make sure we're paying attention. Um, no, we've, we've had many people over the past few months uh, give online. And so that's something that some have been doing for a while. Some have opted to start doing that during this time of not being together physically and still be able to give. And that's been a you know, an easy way where you're able to set that up to even being a recurring gift. Um, if that's something you would like to do, we know people are on, again, it depends on what your income is like. It depends on what your, if, if you're on a steady income, that may be something that'd be easier for you. Uh, and if not, that obviously may not be the best choice. Um, and then we also have the new way of text giving where you text our church number three, three, six, seven, two, two, 
888-998-9437 and you text the word give and it'll respond with a link and it just walks you through the steps and you fill out your information and stuff that way. And so there, there are many ways, many ways you can give financially. Yeah. The, the online giving, I think it's, we've, we've, in our, our family, we've taken that one. Uh, I can't remember the last time I actually wrote a check. Uh, it's kind of like writing in cursive. When's the last time I actually did that? And so um, uh, we, we, we kind of like that. Um, the, I love this, the thing we're doing now, we're on the first of every um, month we're, we are passing the plates around or we were doing that before COVID. Um, but we were following that procedure. The only thing was I had to remember to get money to give and put in there. Cause again, normally it was online giving. Um, so it was a few weeks, a few months went by where I had that awkward, Oh no, I forgot. And I had to make that uncomfortable look to the usher whisper, I'm sorry, as he, uh, as we pass the plate. Um, but I think it's a great to incorporate that into the worship experience because that is something that's important to remember that giving is just as much an act of worship as, as really anything else. Absolutely. I, you know, for, for my, my own self, uh, and, and family, we, I set up my online account to just, you know, each week or I think it's actually set up every other week. It just does it automatically. That's kind of convenient, but I do miss a little bit of the, the, the joy of, uh, of giving, um, personally, but Sundays are just so crazy. I forget, um, years ago, I just, we set it up that way and have just run with it. But giving is a, is a very important part of worship. I mean, if we were to go back to the old Testament and, and look at it, I mean, that was the act of worship. You know, they would go to the temple and offer a sacrifice, offer the best of, of um, their livestock or, you know, their, their first fruits and just all this. I think we can tend to, and I think Salem does a great job. Let me first say of just kind of catering to how people want to give. Um, if, if they want to give privately in the box, they absolutely can do that. Or they can give, you know, in the plate, not that they're doing it publicly, but it's, it's just a, a you know, a, a joint effort, I guess, or a joint giving, uh, you know, as, as we, um, as we take time to do that as, as a church, but it, it is a, it is a part of worship that we often put to the side because we want people to be comfortable um, and, and don't highlight it as much. Um, but it is, or in the past, it has always been a central part of a worship uh, gathering. But I also want to just quickly, before we finish up here, Rick, is just try to be an encouragement to maybe people who are listening that, that aren't a part of Salem. Um, and maybe your church is, is a church that you feel like just is always asking, always asking, is always asking. Uh, first, let me just say, good, don't try not to let that discourage you. Um, don't, don't be discouraged by that. Think of it as the church giving you opportunities to worship. Mm-hmm. Um, they're giving you opportunities to, to worship your God. And, and, and don't give if, if you're feeling like it's just, it's just too much. It's don't feel guilty. Don't let it make you feel guilty. Um, cause God wants us to be a cheerful giver, a joyful giver. And so consider for yourself what you can give, what can you give and, and, and be generous in giving. Um, and then know that God loves that mm-hmm. and, and don't let, don't let anything discourage you from that. 
but at the same time, don't, don't villainize, try not to villainize the, the leadership that God has placed in that church. Um, because try, try to change that perspective to opportunities. Because yeah. maybe there's somebody else in the church that is looking for an opportunity to give. Yeah. And I would add, even add to that, and man, that could have another topic for a podcast, but begin to cultivate that also in the, the lives of your kids. Um, show them what it's like to give. Uh, maybe if you're an online giver, have your kids in the room when you do that so that they see you doing this process. Um, I think that's a key thing too. Um, just teaching your kids that giving is not something, as you said, it's, it's not so much duty, but delight that this is an opportunity that God has given us to worship and we should, and we should use it. All right, well guys, well, thanks again for joining uh, me today as we talked about the uh, really the biblical um, act of worship we have in giving uh, pastor Nate, pastor Harper. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Right. Thank you, Rick. All right, we'll catch you next time. This has been the pursuit from Salem Baptist church. Located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Salem Baptist Church exists to help people find and pursue life in Jesus. We would love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook at SalemBaptist underscore WS. Or you can email us at info at salembaptistnow.org.